Hi, I'm Sarah Ives and I'm joined by David Crow. We're both experienced coaches working in the field of coaching for over 20 years. This is our podcast about what lies beneath coaching conversations. In this episode, we discuss what is courage? What does it look like for our clients? And are we brave enough to share what it looks like for us? So, David, you feeling brave enough? Oh, I hope so. (laughs) So this has always fascinated me in my coaching practice. And it's a real underlying theme all the way through. Often clients presenting with things that they've struggled with or they're struggling with. Quite often that signposting back to, what you call it being brave or having courage, whether that's with relationships, having challenging conversations, making life choices. And I worked recently with a client, this is why I wanted to, to talk about this, who demonstrated quite a remarkable level of courage. Uh, one that really made me sit and think about, was I courageous? Am I brave enough? Because it was quite considerable. Mm. I almost felt like we should turn the chairs around and she should be coaching me on having courage. Um, so it, it sort of got me thinking a bit more deeply about what courage is and where do we get it from? Because it, it is constantly being threaded through when I coach. So I started looking around and thinking, you know, so what is courage? And I'm going to defer a little bit to theory alert, but I'm going to defer to uh, Brené Brown a little bit in this. Her definitions of courage really appeal to me. And I know there are lots of lots of um, others around, but she kind of, t- she discusses these four pillars of courage, um, which I'd quite like us to to explore, actually. The first one being vulnerability, then clarity of values, trust and rising skills. She sort of places these alongside one another and said, these all underpin true courage. And and in fact, you need all of them. So there's much to think about, but I'd quite like to just dive in and start a little bit about our ability to be vulnerable, uh, which really comes up time and time again. And it's talked about, it's often kicked around quite a bit in coaching practice and therapy about vulnerabilities and and exposing ourselves to that. But I wanted to get underneath what we think vulnerability is and what it looks like. So, um, I don't know, David, what does vulnerability mean for you and what does courage with vulnerability look like for you? So, I started off thinking about what courage was. You know, as the, as the title for the podcast, and uh, I ended up going going off to a dictionary and, and, and looking it up, and it, and it, the root of the word courage is core, which is the Latin word for heart. Um, it's a long time ago since my O level French, but I think cure is is French in heart. Um, but it's essentially, in one of its earliest forms, what it meant was to speak one's mind by telling all of one's heart. And I like that idea. Yeah. And I think there's something about being able to, there's something about the honesty and the authenticity of it. And there's something also about the courage that it takes to say what's in our heart. I, I uh, made me think about what, what the word courage is. In relation to more of the vulnerability aspect, I too, um, as we we know, we've talked about this many times, I'm a fan of Brené Brown. Mm. And I love those four pillars. I think they 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 sit alongside each other. So the the combination of being able to be vulnerable, I probably would just have a little bit of a caveat: is being selective who you're vulnerable with. You know, <laughs> who you tell 
things too that that you you know you're really concerned or anxious about to know and to live our core values and i know we're going to talk a bit more about that mm. you know how much do we know what we stand for uh, to trust ourselves to be courageous and i think it's a huge amount do we do we trust ourselves enough to say something that might be hard and this idea of um, rising skills my, my my interpretation of that yep. rightly or wrongly is this idea that we're nobody's great at this nobody's great at being courageous or maybe they are there's there's some people around but many more people um find it hard you know it it takes a lot of effort and a lot of self-awareness to 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 be courageous and the final thing i had was you know just opening out about this whole thing about courage and vulnerability is this idea which comes from psychotherapy uh, called rupture and repair and rupture is when things go wrong inevitably with somebody around us. It could be a partner, it could be a friend, it could be a work colleague. Uh, but this idea that we have a misunderstanding or there's a you know there, there's something that's a bit off, and it's whether or not we have the ability to be able to name that and say it, and then also the trust that there is there is a repair that we can repair that. And I think, I think I find that hard and I, I know other people find that hard. And when I was looking at, at, uh, rupture and repair, I came across this quote which said around this idea of being able to do it, it is arguably the central determinant of one's mastery of emotional maturity. It is what identifies us as true adults. This, you know, ability to apologize, the ability to forgive, the ability to learn are really, really important parts of of what of what courage is yeah i think that um the rupture and repair side for me also is around demonstrating some of our vulnerability so going back to that theme of vulnerability i i think in order for us to repair we have to expose ourselves so to speak yeah. we certainly have to show some vulnerability say you know showing vulnerability can be saying we were wrong and saying we were sorry i mean i'm very rarely wrong so it's not something i can't I think don't. of a single time that you've been wrong actually in all the time i've known you i don't claim to know everything but i'm rarely wrong <laughs> it, it it is one of those uh core areas that that's talked about and i think vulnerability pops up in lots of different ways for people. And I like what you said about that being measured, about exposing vulnerability, because for some coaches who've come in, the very thought of showing a vulnerability that I've worked with, they absolutely would run for the hills because they feel as it would damage their, their status, their power that they have with other people. So by being vulnerable... They see that almost as the kind of opposite of having courage. So showing a vulnerability is being weak uh, rather than being courageous. Um, and I, I, I love to explore that with people around what is your level of vulnerability that you will expose? What would you share with somebody else? Because I think I don't think true courage can be achieved until you can actually think about what is it that I'm willing to share. And that's not a calculated hit for me. In it, Not too calculated. So you're not thinking, this is my little list of things that I will share with people mm. at various stages to demonstrate that I can show a vulnerability. And I do know people who've done that. They say, well, these are the stories I will share. For me, it's about 
coming alongside people that we work with or interact with, that big, the E word, the empathy coming in, and then opening yourself up a little bit. Now, that takes tremendous courage in itself to show a vulnerability. But I do think it is the first step. If you're going, It's not a 12-step programme into uh, having courage, but I do think it's the first step is to understand that we're not, that we're all human, that we all have these frailties or vulnerabilities and that it does take courage to share with others. Yeah, I, I think so. I, I, I come back to what I mentioned at the start, which was this idea about selective vulnerability. And perhaps that's one of my learning things is that I, lean, I, I need to learn to share it wider. But I think there's something about actually reading the room or, or knowing the people around you because I can, I can think of people that I would be okay to be as vulnerable as I can be with, and other people that I think, how would this be taken? And would it? And, and it's interesting in our line of work, isn't it, as consultants and coaches? Uh, you know, how much would we share with a potential client? We've gone into a new meeting with with somebody, uh, and you know, from their perspective, we're saying, "Well, we're not sure about this," or you know, yeah. we, "We we don't know." So, I I think maybe some caution. I I absolutely get the point of being able to do it. I think it's it's incredibly important. The other thing I think about showing vulnerability, uh, in my experience, has been that it's permission giving. So, what often happens with in one-to-ones and also in groups is that when somebody takes that chance and actually steps out there and says, I'm really anxious about this. Yeah. Everybody else piles in and says, Oh yeah, me too. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it, it starts, it starts something in terms of, of giving permission for other people to say, I'm not going to show that I've got everything sorted here. I, I'm, I, I can be balanced and talk about the things I do well, but also be a bit, Ooh, I'm not sure about this. Yeah. And, you know, they're my courage pioneers. They're the people that you aspire to be like when they say, Can I, I'm just I'm not feeling comfortable about this. I don't know. The power of I don't know for me when people say it. And I don't mean every five minutes and claim ignorance on everything. I mean, having that vulnerability to say, I don't know how this works. I don't know how this is going to end. I don't know how to do this. Those are exposing vulnerabilities, particularly in uh, senior roles. People I've, clients I've worked with in very senior roles really struggle with the power of I don't know. And my courageous heroes are the people who step into the space and say that, or will say, I'm, I'm not comfortable with this. And you know they've hit the mark when you think, oh, I should have said that. I wish I'd said that. Why didn't I say that? Why didn't I have the courage to say, I'm feeling really anxious about this? And that's the bit underneath. Sometimes when when coaching, saying, why don't we do it? What stops us being brave? Um, And I know we'll we'll come to that really about why we lack courage as we go along. Because I think when you start building on Brené's pillars and you start thinking, well, what's missing for me? What do I lack? Am I incapable of being vulnerable to others or exposing bits of myself that I wouldn't normally do that? Or is it something to do with that values base as well? Is it something that's going on in there that I, I don't feel is right? Yeah. Can you say a bit more about that? What, what is it about the idea of having clarity about our values that's, that helps with courage? So when, 
when I first looked at the pillars again, it was after working with a client recently, and it's the same client who um, who will know who they are if they're listening to this podcast, about the courage to speak up around behaviours in the workplace. This was particularly a particularly brave moment. Um, and they were quite clear on calling out behaviour, which they did at a senior level. Hmm. Um, and it was... It was poor behaviour, but it had been it had been tolerated, it had been almost accepted as the norm. And my client came in and was said, was almost looking around the room saying, why is nobody seeing that this is wrong, that this behaviour doesn't work? It's not what I would expect of this group of people. And when we talked about it, it was really clear that all this person's values were being impinged upon in this meeting and she had that bit of light bulb moment saying I think the reason that I do did step in and say something was because it was just red flag red flag red flag on all my values that value about being fair being kind and generous open and honest she said nothing it didn't exist and what was particularly striking was how shocked she was that fellow board members at this point just didn't hold that value set. Or if they had at some point, it had got washed away in the myths of time. Whatever the behaviour, however it had come about, she was clear that underneath this, her value set was being impinged and that made her brave enough to speak up. I don't know if that rings a bell with you or you've had similar experiences with clients around values i absolutely agree for me i take values back to initially to self-awareness do we know ourselves and do we know what our values are and sometimes in coaching uh, i will encourage people where they haven't done that kind of work before to go back and do some work on what it is what's at the core of who they are Uh, Because I think, as you say, the people where their values are eroded or compromised in the work they do, it's, uh, I think that's really hard. And they may not, they may struggle to be able to name it to say it's because of this. But, you know, if you look at it, and I'm going to be a little bit controversial here and say, um, in terms of the zeitgeist of what's happening politically at the moment, Mm. um, I think there are fundamental questions for the public around uh, around values around honesty and integrity uh, so some of those are are being played out played out similarly i know somebody i know well um that uh, this idea of somebody showing huge courage where some things around their values were were severely compromised what i'm thinking of is what they did was they they dealt with a, an individual where they needed to do that but they also dealt with a system that was supporting and backing that individual and i, I sometimes i look in awe at people who do that and i think how how you know, that, that takes a huge amount of courage so for me it's it's incredibly important i know i i also think that values come from quite early in our lives from our childhood experiences and for me things around justice and fairness are are very very strong they're they're, you know they're, they're things that are fundamental to who i am 
And, and you mentioned integrity in there. And I think, you know, none of us want to think that we ever act in a, in a manner that isn't based on our integrity and, and making the, the right choices. And Brené Brown's description of integrity, it's a bit of a Brené loving today, but this particularly almost makes the hair stand up on the back of my neck about what integrity is. So because it references courage, I thought just I'll bring it in a little bit. Because she says, choosing courage over comfort, choosing what is right over what is fun and practising our values, not just professing them. And that bit about choosing courage over comfort for me, you know, we have a choice. That's what she's saying. This isn't just in the moment. We choose to be courageous over what's comfortable. And I think quite often what happens is we're in a, in a position where we may need to speak up and be courageous, but actually the comfort of staying where we are is all too easy. And the example of my client, what you get is this almost group approach to maybe somebody has behaved badly and people go along with it. They sit in that comfort zone. And if you said to people, well, you need the courage to step up, that's one thing. But if you say you all lack integrity, not one of you is choosing what's right over what's fast and fun. Nobody is practicing their values in this in this room. So when you break it down, a lot of courage is calling out our values set and what we see, how we keep our integrity. So and it takes courage to do that is what I'm saying. And that's what I see many times is that people don't do that. And actually, I would say my client coming in like that was the exception rather than the rule. And my reaction to that is, uh, of course, uh, easier said in, in, in theory than practice, but it's also recognising in ourselves as a price that we pay if we don't do something because I think it gives the opportunity, for example, for the inner critic to step in and say, well, here's another one you've let go. <laughs> yeah. What we don't do is we look, we sometimes look for the quick comfort of not taking something on. And yet we get that immediate comfort of uh, not being unpopular or whatever it is. But we know in ourselves when we've passed something by and we haven't done it. So I think yeah. there is, at some point, there is a cumulative cost to pay for that, I think. Uh, maybe not right at that moment, but maybe further on down the line. Because sometimes what happens with other people as well is that if they think, okay, well, it's fair enough to go there, they might go that bit further. So I, th I think there is something about understanding when we leave something be that there's a, there's a cost implication in that. Yeah, or even further in that that sort of third pillar with Brené saying sometimes that trust side, we either choose to go down that road of trust or betrayal. So walking on by can be seen as an act of betrayal, betraying ourselves, mm -hmm. listening to our inner critic going, yeah, you didn't do that again, you, you know, you copped out again, you didn't do it, why didn't you do it? And I, I suppose that leads me to the... To, putting the inner critic in a box for a minute and for us to sort of think about why do we lack courage? So we're not just talking about courageous conversations here. Sometimes these are life choices. These are small decisions we make. But what stops us? What, what stops us being courageous in your view? I would say the fundamental thing is around confidence. If we have worked out inside ourselves about something being right or not quite right or wrong, then there's something about the confidence and trust 
that we have in ourselves to be able to say that. And that might come out in all sorts of different ways, but it might also be in an arena where nobody else is doing it. And we've, I think we've touched on this already this, today, which is that you might find you're the only one or you might find yourself in a minority of coming out and, and, and calling something for what it is. Yeah. But I think it's, it's, it's a lot around fear. It's a lot around embarrassment. Um, there's lots of reasons uh, that we can find to leave be, yeah. you know, to, 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 to not deal with it would be what, what, I, what I would say. What about you? I think fear um, is the key one. Um, I, I mean, I've sort of thought three top that the uh, your top ten of of fears that stop us being courageous. One, and this is particularly what I see when uh, clients bring things in. So fear is overstepping the mark. Fear of overstepping uh, into areas where they don't have good relationships with people. They fear they will annoy somebody that they are stepping into the hierarchy in incorrectly. So all of these fears of overstepping the mark, I think, are quite high with a lot of clients. And equally, and this is a big one, fear of upsetting people or damaging relationships. And actually, I will wave the good flag for that because when people don't have any of that fear, for me, they aren't interested in managing the relationships. They're not interested in keeping relationships in a healthy place. They're just going to go in and say it because it needs to be said. But that's always balanced with, we don't want to damage the relationship, but equally we can't live with it as it is. And I think the best uh, way forward in that is gaining some courage to try and a bit around your rupture and repair. Yeah. So I would not want to say the best thing you can do is just have it out with everybody you know, I speak as I find, which I cannot stand. Can I just say? <laughs> Even with my northern roots, I cannot stand I speak as I find. Because I think we do have a responsibility to the people around us to manage the relationships. We don't want to live life upsetting, emotionally damaging people, which I have seen happen when people have no fear around that. So we lack courage sometimes to have those conversations, but it's definitely something that we can build in ourselves. But it's a big one in my my top three is damaging relationships. That's why people, where they lack courage. And then the last one, which is very personal to me, is fear of looking foolish. So stepping into the unknown, stepping into something that we might not be able to do. I don't want to look a fool. I don't think many people do. And I think that can often inhibit us. And we do need a bit of courage. We do need to think about what the implications of stepping in and not stepping in are. Yeah. And um, certainly overstepping the mark, looking foolish, damaging relationships, they're all key ones for me that stop us being courageous. So as we're talking about what, what gets in the way or what stops us, what does courage look like for us? What does it look like for you? <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think we talked about that last time. So the bit for me is around, like, for example, doing this podcast. So really stepping out of my comfort zone. I'm quite used to talking, as you know, uh, in front of quite a lot of people. But I'm not used to taking that step further, which will then put my voice out quite widely at times, hopefully quite widely, if everyone does subscribe. Um, <laughs> And, it, and it, it is quite a fear-inducing thing. And also that fear of looking a fool. 
do I know what I'm talking about? Will people think it's any good? All those little inner critics' voices start rising up. And that, for me, when I have those feelings, so my inner coach is activated against my inner critic at that point. Who wins? It's usually a really bloody battle in there. <laughs> it's a bit of an even, an even balance. But I think the other thing when we talked last time about do we learn as we get older, mm. I think... I've got braver as I've got older. I don't know if that's because you've got less to lose <laughs> or whether I'm able to think through more clearly and take more risks. We haven't even touched on risk, but a lot of courage and bravery for me is taking that risk. It is taking a risk, yeah. yeah. What yeah. about you, David? What's courage look like for you? Well, certainly, as we've agreed, the podcast has stretched me a bit, quite a bit around self-consciousness and, and putting things out there. And this sense of who wants to listen to my musings or our musings, you know, it's, it, 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 is it going to gain traction and will, will people listen to it? I think more historically, the biggest things for me have been around setting boundaries. Uh, and, and that's where I want to redefine a relationship with somebody else. And that's, that's hard to do because even if you are trying to do that, you often find that people will not want to go with that change, particularly if it's a change where it involves putting some more boundaries in and, and, and perhaps seeing less of them or seeing them for not so long. I have found that a big challenge. Yeah. Uh, but the, the dividend, <laughs> to use a financial metaphor, the dividend is, is immense, actually, you know, to, to have held some of those boundaries. And for me, it's, it feels like there's one side, which is the courage to push through, but there's also the courage to withdraw and hold back. Yeah. Yeah. Equal measures, equal measures of courage required, I think. Yeah. I think I might have said this last time around, but it's also, um, it's having, taking a, a cold, hard look at a difficult situation and deciding whether or not you, anything that you say will make a difference. Uh, yeah. So I, I do think there's there's something about that calculation, where it, is it is it worth it? It is important to do, but as long as you're not using that as an excuse not to do it, you yes. know, that that uh, that you're saying to yourself, okay, well actually it's not going to make any difference, but you really know it would if you said something, and, and it's it's take. I think there's something also about that's, that's very adult about showing courage. Uh, that, that you know you're properly grown up. Yeah. I, that just reminds me of, um, and I, I don't know where I heard this, so I'm hoping I'm not pinching uh, somebody's words, but that bit about being an adult and the words that no one is coming when you become <laughs> an adult. No one is coming. It's up to you to tidy your room. It's up to you to do your washing up. It's up to you to step into situations. You know there's not a parent there now. As an adult, no one is coming. And whilst that feels uh, quite scary, it should be quite liberating as well. So having that courage, because you know, yeah. it's up to you at this point. These are the decisions you take as an adult. Uh, so I totally agree with that. That took me down a band of brothers, um, uh, Rabbit, Rabbit Warren, actually, or Rabbit <laughs> Hole, which is, <laughs> there's a bit where they, they paratroop them into what, what was known at the end of the war, Second World War, as the Battle of the Bulge. Yeah. And uh, one of the soldiers who's coming back from the front line saying it's, it's absolutely terrible. You know, you, you don't want to go. And they said, well, look, this is what we do. We're paratroopers. Yeah. 
<laughs> no one is coming. No one is it's coming. Us. Yeah. <laughs> well, somebody did come, but it took them quite a while. <laughs> um, I think it's a good it's a good line to keep um, close to you. Um, it's one I use with people quite a bit. It doesn't always work. It's one I use with myself. That no one is coming. You are actually an adult at this point. It's your choice. You step into your courage or not. Uh, but it, it feels a little bit like a threat, and it isn't. For me, it's liberating. No one is coming. Brilliant. It's your choice. I know. We always have that choice. So what are your, what are your parting words on uh, courage as we come towards the end of this episode? What I would like to say is that I think we all have a courageous gene. I think it's how we activate it that differs. And I think sometimes coaching can help us activate that or access it, certainly. Um, even just having a, a conversation with someone, talking through it, that bit just activating our courageous gene. But it's also around listening to ourselves as well. I think that, I've got my little Churchillian quote. Oh, it's a little bit of Churchill, wouldn't it? <laughs> but the courage is, uh, courage is what it takes to stand up and speak. But courage is also what it takes to sit down and listen. For me, that's as much listening to yourself um, as it is to others. Just on that, yeah. pick up something on that. So this, this idea of courage, courage to sit down and listen, Yeah, it, that takes me into thinking about, can have we got the courage to admit when we're wrong? Oh, are you going to ask me that? You know I'm <laughs> never wrong. <laughs> no, I think that's a very interesting point. And, and again, in terms of things that are quite liberating, owning that and knowing that you were wrong and saying it out loud, mm. I think that's... Uh, well, it's a kind of the icing on the cake of emotional maturity for me, that owning up and owning our mistakes and having the courage to own up to them. Are you trying to push me to admit that I was wrong about something? <laughs> <laughs> I was wrong. Uh, and and, and my, my final uh, thought is a, is a quote as well from uh, somebody called Sadi who said, were the diver to think on the jaws of the shark, he would never lay hands on the precious pearl. And the, the thing for me about courage is that this idea that that uh, we know that we need to keep the strength of the prize at the end of it and, and not dwell too much in the fear that is going to be there as well, um, that we know will be there. But, but it's something about being able to have the strength to kind of think, yeah, I can do this. There's a bigger part of me that can do this that is less afraid of what might happen or what might go wrong. So finishing on a French quote, David, so courage, mon brave. Mon brave, yeah. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the show. We hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. And if you did, please subscribe. If you want to learn more or contact us or get in touch at all, all our details on how to do that are in the show notes.